beer? Do you want to learn how to make your own beer? It's time for Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Here's your host, Jeremy White and Bert Deister. All right, good afternoon. Good morning. I'm sorry. What time of day is it? It's Niagara Tradition's Just Brew It here on ESPN 1520. Jeremy White with Bert Deister. Last week, raspberries, and somehow that got us to crunch berries. Which and put me on a tangent. I was, and I feel like I took over your week. We've got lots to get to, but you've Took got over to... my next three beers, okay. I think is what happened. So okay. I immediately left the show and went right to the grocery store uh, and picked up a lot of kids' cereal. Uh, sadly, none of the cereal's getting eaten. It's all going to be drank. So the first one I tackled was the Crunch Berry White Ale. Um, so that was quite interesting. So first of all, when, when you think of you're adding a full, you know, pound and a third box of cereal, you're going to have a Stux barge, right? Mm-hmm. No, it all floats. Just okay. like your cereal stays okay. right and it stayed whole for about a half hour. Um, kudos, Captain Crunch. And then it, it got soggy. soggy. Then it just disappeared and turned the whole beer green. But it's still beer. Yeah, it's still beer. And so there was a lot of giggles, a lot of laughing. We got to the end of the brew day. We're taking a hydrometer sample. We go to sip the hydrometer sample. It was really, really good. It had the kind of light, toasty honeyness that came. We couldn't taste the crunch berries. But the actual Captain Crunch, that kind of peanut toastiness, kind of some combination of almost like biscuit malt and Munich, Mm -hmm. uh, really came through in the sample. So Mm. we're excited about tasting this. Um, It's just uh, starting to finish ferment. I think we'll say the next day or two, so a couple more days, and we'll crash it, rack it, and put it on tap. Hopefully, it's good. You only made so how many? Different we only have only one so far. But I've been kind of busy. But so you're going to make more. Yes. Yeah, so I, so I, I'm looking at a Fruit Loops Amber Ale and a uh, Frosted Flakes American Cream. Okay. I, I think are the uh, ones we're going to go with. I had told you a while back, my hometown Auburn, the Prison City Brewing. They made a Cocoa Puffs beer mm-hmm. called Puff Puff Shiv, and it was like a Cocoa Puffs porter, and it tasted like Cocoa Puffs. Like, so, you know, you could experiment Can around. You with, sign me up for a force breakfast just, cereal I'm, beer. I'm just saying, as long as you're on a breakfast cereal beer kick, you know, don't uh, don't sleep on Cocoa Puffs as a, you know, what else could you put in it? Like a Cookie Crisp yeah. stout. I don't know. The the flavor combinations. I'm beginning to realize go really well together for just about any favorite breakfast cereal Mm -hmm. you can pick out a favorite beer to match it with you know uh go lucky charms irish red ale Mm -hmm. sounds good to me and just the limits are really you know kind of right but i think what you ultimately get to you know you're you're talking about puffs pre-prohibition lager (laughs) there you go you're talking about um like that biscuity that honeyness like it's those those secondary or those like um what's the term for them help me here the specialty malts yeah like when you're when you're just tossing in a little bit of this a little bit of that and they really add these kind of you know complex flavors uh because they've been toasted and malted to a higher temperature higher humidity than you'd want to mash all the base grain so it brings out a little bit more flavor a little bit more tannins uh and i was just really interested by the kind of flavors given off by the captain crunch we did the white ale i held off on any specialty malts i put in the flaked oats i put in wheat um you know pilsner malt uh i held off on any you know biscuit aromatic or anything like that still put in a little bit of spice at the end a little bit of paradise uh cardamom and um uh sweet orange peel Mm -hmm. 
just to give it a little bit, about a third of what I would normally do because I didn't want to cover up any crunch berry aroma or anything like that. So we'll see where this leads. I don't think it's going to be bad. I don't think it's going to uh, be a standard at very many households. Um, so if you want to come in and give it a try, we'll have it on tap soon. All right. So, all right, that's the update on the cereal beers. We'll, yes. we'll probably have a Keep couple more. Keep you going. We'll let you know when they come on draft. You know, let you know what other colors we get as we mash these out. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we'll get some purple or reds, I'm hoping. Very good. All right, so let's get the latest on uh, what's going on. Summer draft supplies, you guys are good on that. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's repair parts or building a, uh, a kegging system, you've got everything everybody needs. You got it. And if you're just looking to have home draft uh, for football season here coming, you only have so many weeks left till preseason – then you're going to have people coming over. Let's say if you have five friends, they each have six beers, that's 30 empties. Plus, you know, your two beers a night, we'll say, you know, modestly two beers a night. So you got another 10 empties, maybe another five or six here. So next thing you know, every week you're bringing back a trash bag full of cans and bottles that have, you know, had a chance to sit there and get sticky and filled with bugs and really a nice sour smell to them. You know what I mean? Kind of like a band end of a goza. You could skip all that and get a kegging system. Then every two to three weeks, you'd bring back one big sealed empty. So there's no stink, there's no drips in the back of your car on the way, and you just exchange it for a nice, fresh, filled, cold keg, bring it home, put it on tap. So if you've been thinking about this, it's really going to save a lot of mess from home, especially during the football season, especially if you're that house that hosts the football games. Mm-hmm. Uh, if everybody's coming over every Sunday. Everybody's bringing, you know what I mean, luckily, hopefully bringing their own beer. If not, if you're providing all the beer, that's a lot of empties you have to deal with. So gig kegging system, if you want to save some money too, brew the beer yourself. But if not, just get a kegging system. And we'll save you a lot of empties, a lot of mess. And we'll say it's a little bit greener, too. Yeah, absolutely. Reuse is always better than recycle. Right. And it's cleaning it, that keg out and giving it back. It's more than just, like, taking the empties back. But, like, man, they just take up so much room after a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got trash bags full of bottles and cans in the basement. And like you said, like... I'll notice there's a little trail of beer that got out of the bag and it's like rolling across the basement. Like the, yep. the remnants. Is just... Is everybody switched over to like those big like trash and recycling totes. I have my, you know, old trash cans and my old recycling bin. What I do is I keep them all out in the garage so they're out of sight, out of mind, and three big trash cans. And basically all of a sudden when they're overflowing, I decide, okay, I got to deal with this. And that's when I have three or four bags of all empties tossed into the truck and I – you know, bring them down. And that's like a whole afternoon project Yeah, right there. Yeah. It's not just a quick, you know, get rid of it and go. Uh, hop varieties still uh, rhizome season. Are we past? You, what, what? We, we have a few. We're going to be tossing them out pretty gotcha. soon. So you're um, pretty much. You could still, if you wanted to rush in, give us a call. If you wanted to uh, get some, we'll sell them to you at a real deal. But we're starting to get past a point in the season where, one, people have started to lose interest in gardening. We've run out of a lot of popular varieties. Um, and uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to build enough glucose, enough you know, reserves for mm-hmm. that plant for it to make it through the winter and start growing again in the spring. Okay. So if you want some, we still got a couple. We'll give you a screaming deal on them. But I would just say set your calendar for February of next year. Get on the hot pre-order sale uh, and... You know, get them in early. Uh, I put mine in the ground as soon as I could, my first variety. Uh, and it looks like I'm going to get a couple ounces this year. 
I'm really surprised. And, and I have to say, this is not the first time I've grown hops. Um, this would probably be about my oh, eighth time, tenth time, planting different hops between my house, friend's house, changing out hops at my house. Uh, and uh, this is my biggest boom yet. We had a really nice wet spring with a lot of, you know, bright sunny days in between. Uh, and they really took off. So first year harvest anybody else who got them in early you should probably be getting a first year harvest too it might not be you know the right alpha acids that you're looking for yet but it'll still be something to play around with and Mm -hmm. next year i'm expecting a whole hell of a lot if i got you know even a couple ounces this year meanwhile on the hops train cryo Cryo hops hops are going to be coming in this week i got an email last night that said they are in their package and the ones coming from ld carlson are going to be put on our next order so we should be expecting them in tuesday or wednesday not exactly sure when they're gonna you know come in um if you want to know exactly when they're going to come in sign up for the email newsletter uh we can get you quick on an email newsletter direct and so when we have little stuff like this we'll let you know um, but we're going to have a couple varieties coming from LD, and we have more coming from Brewcraft later. Um, but we are going to have Cascade, Citra, uh, Equinox, Mosaic, and Simcoe should be in in the middle of the week. And for those of you who haven't been excited and just waiting for this cryo hop, because YCH has been promoting it for almost a year with nothing actually to sell to us, mm-hmm. which is you know one way to kind of get the you know taste buds salivating but um (laughs) we're gonna have them soon uh so they are a extracted hop lupulin so you're not going to get any of the bitter flavors you're only going to get the fruity kind of melony flavors out of the hops you're not going to get any of the bitter so if you're trying to create uh an you know like the east coast ipa or new england style ipa and you want that big fruit bomb without the bitter these are going to be what you're looking for. Gotcha. And so save you a lot of money, too. And to sign up for the newsletter so you can find out stuff like this. You got it. nthomebrew.com. The yep. link is top right left. Right on the, yeah. Top, top left, left corner, like right underneath the logo. Punch your email address in, and uh, you can get the latest, not mm-hmm. just uh, on this, but on future yeah. announcements and things like that. And All we right. won't spam you, too. So cryo hops, you'll get them a notification. Good. Very good. I'm making Crunchberry beer. We won't email you on that. Okay. Then, then we'll hit social media. If you missed us last week, we talked jockey boxes, craft brewer seals, uh, chilling work in hot weather, and uh, raspberries, which was making beer with raspberries. That's what ultimately got us onto the Crunchberries White Ale and uh, Bert's new hobby of cereal-based beers. Uh, when we get back, a different kind of brewing. It's it's funny you mentioned this because I uh, I had been thinking about this. Uh, if you want to try your hand at kombucha. Yeah. How do you say it, by the way? Cam- um, People say camp. Kombu- I say kombucha. Kombucha. Um, I feel like people colloquially they say kombucha, even yeah. though it's K-O-M. Yeah. Kombucha. Whatever it is. I wouldn't consider myself an expert on the pronunciation, nope. nor the making. I have done it once or twice. I have to admit I don't have an active SCOBY going at home right now. Um, but when we get back from the break, we can explain what all those words are. So right. Kombucha, made from SCOBY, very popular right now. Yeah. But you can make it. It's tasty. Yeah. It's good. And it's uh, more drinks that are made for you by microorganisms. You got it. That's next on Just Brew It. Jeremy White here for Niagara Tradition Home Brewing Supplies. You're listening to Just Brew It, which means either you homebrew or you're thinking about it. Wherever you are in the process, Niagara Tradition Homebrew is your source for everything homebrewing. Do what I did. Get a starter kit, and you'll be well on your way. Niagara Tradition will be there to answer your questions, give you advice, and as I try to become a more seasoned brewer, I know I can count on Niagara Tradition to be there with the supplies and the advice I need. Niagara Tradition Homebrewing Supply. 
1296 Sheridan Drive, near Military, in Tonawanda. Open Monday through Friday, 11 to 7, Saturdays, 10 to 4, and 24-7 at nthomebrew.com. Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Pay them a visit, and remember to just brew it. Back here on Niagara Traditions, just brew it on ESPN 1520. So you want to make kombucha, possibly. I hope if I'm saying it wrong, I've had it more times than I've probably said it right in my life. Jeremy White, Bert Deister here on ESPN 1520. All right, so have, have you, is something you've done? I mean, I've done it a couple of times. We've touched on mead, wine, beer. What else have we touched on? Like on things that you can... Ragged. Yeah. Like um, we've been all over the map and we've never landed on kombucha just yet. Yeah, and it's been popular for a little while now. Um, I guess one of the reasons that I decided to pick this today, just to warn anybody who's listening, we are out of the SCOBY starters. <laughs> we had enough people come in this week there where it was just like, man, like, you know, we had three customers in a row all doing kombucha. So, um, you know, maybe we should talk about it on the show a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's becoming very popular to make because it's quite easy. Um, and so what is kombucha. It's usually a tea-based beverage um, where you're adding a bacteria to it. The bacteria sours it slightly. Um, Not sours in a bad way, hopefully, um, but sours in a good way that it kind of gives you uh, tart flavors, um, kind that you would expect in vinegar or in a sour beer. So think of kind of like warhead or lemony-like tartness. Um, It's open fermented, so at the same time you're supposed to get a bunch of good wild microbes. So Britannomyces, Acetobacter, uh, the SCOBY culture itself, as well as other things that might be in the air that could not only aid your digestion, but also provide certain nutrients that you can't process yourself. It's fairly easy to make, and so it's become quite popular to make it at home. Um, And we've kind of ended up on the kombucha train here because we have all the equipment already. So mm-hmm. if you have some old home brewing equipment, uh, especially small batch stuff, this is going to be a great kind of repurpose for it. If you started out with one gallon beer making, you moved on to five, you still have the two gallon bucket or one gallon um, glass jar, you can use this to make um, your kombucha. And so we've seen a lot of people coming in looking for the SCOBY, wide mouth glass fermenters, cheesecloth, spigots, racking equipment, bottles, and yes, we have all that stuff. Um, so let's start with how you make it. The first thing that you need to make is a batch of um, iced tea. You want to start with hot water. You know, boil the water, mix in your sugar as soon as it starts to cool down. Now this is different temperatures based on different preferences and how tannic and bitter you want it. You want to add your tea and then go ahead and let it cool down to room temperature. Um, you want to sweeten it, obviously. Use a natural sugar because you need to feed the SCOBY. So once you have this now like chilled sweet tea, and by chilled I mean again room temperature, um, you're going to want to add your SCOBY. Now the SCOBY is a bacteria, um, and now this bacteria likes to kind of, I'll say flocculate, that's a term homebrewers are used to, to each other. They kind of graft and they make big colonies. Um, and so what's going to start out usually when you get a culture is kind of looking like flotsam and jetsam, kind of similar to vinegar mother, but it's, you know, a little more consistency than your yeast that you usually see. So it's going to get clumped together. It's going to look like snot is what I'm trying to say here. And that's okay. Okay. You put it in there and it's going to grow into a bigger piece of snot. Um, usually what you get is a large like hockey puck or kind of pancake shaped culture that begins to grow and 
uh, fill the top of the fermenter. So as you put that in there, you want to put in some vinegar at about 5 to 1 as well. What the vinegar is going to do is kind of kick the pH down while the SCOBY has a chance to grow. If you remember when we talked about doing lambics or, you know, um, doing like a wild, um, like fermentation or mash sour, and we talked about bringing the pH down below a 4.5 so we couldn't get any of the bad bacteria, you know, no botulism, no E. coli, you're doing the same thing. So you want to take about 5 to 1. So if you have 5 parts tea, say if you had like, you know, two and a half cups, you'd want to add half a cup of distilled white vinegar. So kick your pH down, you put your SCOBY in, and now you let it sit from 65 to 85 degrees um, for anywhere from seven days to 30 days. So if you're just starting out and you have a small sample culture, maybe you're doing about a half gallon to start, you're probably going to be closer to the 30 days. Once you have a culture going and you have a big SCOBY in there, once a week you can drain out half of your sweetened tea, um, you can back flavor it and bottle it if you want to. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and then you just add that same part and never usually take more than half or two thirds fresh tea minus the vinegar back into it and it will sour it and twang it. So the, the idea is that you some of that liquid that's in there is the same liquid that you started with in the initial culture. And you can keep rolling this for years. Um, so it starts to grow other microbes. Uh, and it starts to kind of get a little kind of consistent flavor to it. But what you take off, you can flavor. You can back sweeten it. You can add fruit to it. You can add more fresh tea. Um, and you can also carbonate in the bottle. So you can add a little bit of yeast, a little bit more sugar, carbonate it like you would beer. But once you start to see the carbonation you want, get it into the refrigerator because it's still going to produce CO2 at room temperature. So you want to chill it down so it doesn't create a bottle bomb on you. Mm-hmm. But it's a kind of interesting project to do. And if you're somebody who, in, you know, enjoys this, if you're going to, say, like, you know, like Bootleg Bucha or you're going to pick up, you know, um, pint-sized bottles of this all over the place, you can save yourself a lot of money and some time by, you know, making it yourself. And that doesn't mean you're not going to buy it still. Yeah. You know, like if you ask me or you, we make our own beer. That doesn't mean we don't buy right, beer right. anymore. We just buy weirder beers and uh, not as much. You might not save as much as you do on beer, but you might save more per bottle. I mean, kombucha is expensive yeah. to buy bottle to bottle. Yeah, um, And really all you have to pay for is the tea and sugar. Yeah, The SCOBY cultures are kind of expensive. Um because they take so long to culture, because they culture in kind of a funny way. With yeast, it's like, you know, throw it in sugar water, give it plenty of oxygen, boom, 48 lo- hours later, you've quadrupled your number of cells. Yeah. Easy. Bacteria doesn't grow as fast. Um, so it takes a little bit longer, just like vinegar cultures, and it's a little bit harder to, um, you know, mass produce. So the cultures are a little bit more expensive than what you're used to for yeast. I want to say it's $35. For a SCOBY through White Labs, which is the our primary supplier for it, um, but we get a lot of takers on it. And the price, you said a little bit over. Th- I think it's around thirty-five dollars. Thirty-five dollars for a culture. Thirty over, yeah, for a culture, and, and you, you get a nice big pack of it. And you can make it last for how long? Ever. Forever. Forever. Mm-hmm. And now, if you want to split this off, and so also if you if you uh, don't want to, uh, you know, foot the bill for your own starter culture, and you have a friend, and, and you know they have a SCOBY that you can like, you can literally cut apart their SCOBY, their mother, and you can take a chunk of that and you can use that to start yours. And if you can take some of their starter liquid, if you can take out like a third or a fourth of their starter liquid, that replaces your vinegar. You're just adding tea. You're right into the mix, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
and are going to acquire the cultures and stuff that you would years down the road. You can open ferment this. It's actually not advised to close ferment it. Usually people just go with a cheesecloth and a rubber band on the top of the um, fermenter because you want to let the SCOBY breathe. It's aerobic. It needs a little bit of air. You want to let it breathe a little bit. Does it smell itself to be, to, to be fermenting in I a room? I don't know. Okay. So my, my history with this is my cousin Erin, um, when she lived across the hall from me uh, in our apartment, she was into it, way ahead of the game. She was making it. I was perfectly happy with it being in her apartment on her side of the hallway um, so that I didn't have any of those bugs in my apartment where I'm making beer and wine. Um, I don't think it smelled. Okay. She had a lot of nice yeah. houseplants. Maybe that was <laughs> covering something up. But it, it doesn't seem to create any off flavors more than the, the kombucha would itself. You how, know what I mean? How big are the batches? I mean, what size? From Usually people go for a gallon. Okay, so you you wouldn't use your you you'd get a, a separate fermenter, a one gallon. Yeah, yeah. And we have one gallon fermenters. They're a wide mouth fermenter. Um, they're the same width of the the vessel. I want to say about six inches. Um, so that if you need to remove the scoby to clean out the vessel or something like that, it's going to be really easy. Uh, usually people take about half of it out and put half new fresh tea in every time Mm -hmm. so you use a growler you make a growler worth of you know sweet tea and then you pour you know take off a growler pour the fresh growler in put it back into an area um not being hit by light again light just like in our beer one uv kills microorganisms uh and two it will really change the temperature of whatever it's hitting so if even if your air temperature is 70 degrees because your air condition this vessel's getting a lot of light it's gonna you know get a lot warmer and so anything you leave out in the sun is going to get a lot warmer so beer wine try to keep it out of the sun um but also kombucha when it comes to the um wiggle room here you say if it's cooled from to 65 to 85 does the scoby have is it much more forgiving i mean for yeast it seems like your window is smaller based on the the strain of yeast yeah, do you wonder what the, the big advantage of bacteria is is bacteria can move itself i don't think scoby bacteria can but they keep themselves in this floating colony which keeps them up now, a lot of brewers, if you ever have a stuck fermentation, um, it's usually because the yeast have crashed out early. So you had a small drop in temperature, the yeast weren't able to metabolize anymore, and they begin flocculation. They fall to the bottom. They have no way to pull themselves back up into the fermentation, so when the temperatures get warmer, they don't start fermenting again. And any home brewers probably, you know, especially brewing around here in the winter when we get big cold snaps has had this happen. You put a you know, fermenter in the basement at 70 degrees, it holds that temperature for the first 24 hours, then all of a sudden it drops to basement temperature, it might be 55 degrees, 48 degrees in the winter, uh, and the yeast crash. Of course, if you call us, what we tell you to do is move it back upstairs. Once it gets warm, just stir it back up, and then the yeast will be back up there. They'll be back up in the nutrients, and they'll start fermenting again. Um, SCOBY keeps itself there. So say if you were going on a two-week vacation and you didn't want to, you know, say, hey, somebody, can you come over and feed my SCOBY? Uh, because you got to keep feeding it. They don't go dormant quite as easily as yeast. Um, you could just put it into the refrigerator. This is where you would probably want to put like a hard cap on it so you don't get a lot of evaporation. Um, and that's actually, if I want to talk about one thing that I've had a personal problem with with this uh, kombucha is evaporation. Whenever I'm doing an open fermentation and stuff like this, uh, especially if, since we go from air conditioning to, you know, central heat in the winter, um, you end up with really dry air. And so you have to watch out that it doesn't evaporate. So even if you're not taking from it, you still might need to feed it. You still might need to check on it. You still might need to draw some off because it's going to start evaporating. 
So you have to check on the levels, check up on it, make sure you're not growing any molds on, on the top or anything like that. But other than that, it's really easy. And if you get a strong culture going at the, you know, at a good low pH, you shouldn't have any infections or molds or anything growing on top of it. All right. We've only got about mm, three minutes left here. So, um, any fu- we I know you had other stuff planned, but maybe just kind of wrapping up k- kombucha as a uh, you don't want to go back to cereal beers. One we can, more I mean, we can if you want. Just, I, but I, you know, I, I know you were talking about has like anybody ever made cereal out there? You know, cereal kombucha. I mean, I usually don't put starches in it. No, but. no. You see hibiscus, lime. You see yeah. passion fruit. Uh, a lot of raspberries. Right, ginger. Would be good if you're trying to do this, raspberries are just yep. you know yep. coming in, so it'd be a good time. Um, other any fruit flavors seem to work pretty well. You can really mix it around with the teas mm-hmm. that you use as well, and again, the temperature at which you're soaking your tea at. Um, I haven't seen a lot of people doing cold brew. Um, one of the reasons that you'd want to stay away, I think, from cold brew too, is unless you're using some type of like distilled or like heavily filtered water, is you have chlorine, you have you know a lot of other stuff that might be coming from your pipes, so you know metals, you know bits of solder, or flux, or something like that. Um, but you're also um, waterborne microbes mm-hmm. as well. So if you boil the water, you're going to kill those microbes. You're going to remove the chlorine, uh, and that's going to be better for you, just like in your beer. All right. So everything you need to know about kombucha right there, you guys have all the supplies except for or you said you We do carry it. We're just out now. Out, for, out of the scoby for now. But you'll get it you'll be getting it back. Another reason to sign up for the newsletter at uh, nthomebrew.com. The Crunchberries White Ale, will that be on tap at yes, the store? Yes, it will. Yes, I am not drinking a whole keg of this by myself. You <laughs> are probably going to get a growler as well. Uh, and I think it'll be interesting. It'll probably go pretty fast at yeah. the store. You know, when we have like a, an ESB for a new yeast or something like that. People come in, they try like one ounce. I'm like, oh, that's really good. You get a lot of like, you know, current notes out of that yeast. And, you know, maybe they pick it up. When we do something weird on the store, uh, Keezer, people are interested. Um like I said, this is something that's very interesting. Um, you wouldn't want to drink a whole keg of yourself. And one of the reasons why I jumped on this is because I have the ability to put it on the tap at work. Yep. Um, and Perfect. so I can get rid of more than I can drink myself. So if you want to try this experiment without going there yourselves, or maybe you're going to turn into an all-breakfast cereal brewer, um, either way, you better come in and try the beer. Or go brew it yourself. You've been listening to Just Brew It, brought to you by Niagara Tradition Home Brew. Whether you're a seasoned brewer or just want to get started, visit them at 1296 Sheridan Drive in Tonawanda or online at nthomebrew.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Just Brew It.